When it comes to sharing the gospel, Pastor Xavier Reese counsels honoring the message, not the messenger. Paul put it this way. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. It's just a clay pot that he's using. <laughs> and there's great treasure that he puts in us to be able to speak forth the gospel, to share with people. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. A runaway slave condemned by law, but saved by grace. A dramatic plot for Hollywood's latest blockbuster period piece? Not exactly, but a true account we find in the pages of Scripture. In the New Testament book of Philemon, the Apostle Paul has reason for thanksgiving when a runaway slave, Onesimus, is transitioned from bondage to brotherhood in this appeal that Philemon forgive as he has been forgiven. Here's Pastor Xavier Reese picking up our verse-by-verse study. The message is entitled, Paul's Thankfulness for Philemon. Paul, having opened up his letter to Philemon with a loving greeting, he moves on to express his prayerful appreciation of Philemon's loving example as a Christian. And it's characterized by the following. Let me read here verse 4 through 7 first. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. The prayer of thanksgiving regarding the example of Philemon comes first. Notice the prayer was declared to God the Father. The apostle's response is to God. A personal response. I thank. Indicating here that he needs no intercessor to go before him. He has a personal relationship. As you know, in the Old Testament, you had to offer a sacrifice The priest had to go before you. That has all been removed by the work of Jesus Christ. Isn't it great that every one of us can go before the Lord any time? We can speak to him, to praise him, to thank him, to make our petitions. The personal gratitude, notice, was one of thanks. The apostle understood that anything and all that is commendable and good in the believer or the church is always due to God. Secondly, we have the purpose of the prayer regarding the example of Philemon in verse 6. The Apostle Paul was praying that the witness of Philemon have the proper impact, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. The Apostle prayed that the witness of Philemon continue but continue getting better. (laughs) The word sharing, koinonia, as you know, means fellowship, participation, oneness, distribution, something in common. It's a very rich word. It is used for 
one of the four things the church was known in Acts 2.42. The one was communion, prayer, the word, koinonia. It communicates the unity of love in the Holy Spirit. It also implies the involvement in the lives of God's people. Now, the context involves both the material and the spiritual. It is practical by meeting materials and material needs as well as spiritual. It is when word and deed become one. This sharing, notice, is related and identified to Philemon's faith here. The faith is personal and individual. In this context, it identifies Philemon's conviction of the truth of the gospel to be lived out and shared with others. The potential of helping and doing works or deeds is that they can simply be taken as kind acts instead of recognizing them as the extension of God's love due to the gospel. You have no control of that. But that's not our concern. But we should be aware of that. And so the apostle here prayed that the witness of Philemon grow and blossom. Why does he tell him that? He's doing great because you're to grow. You're to get better. (laughs) We go forward. This is the goal, that the witness of his faith become effective. The word effective means effectual and powerful. It is used for the effective door open to Paul at Ephesus in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Opportunity. It is used for the word of God as powerful in Hebrews 4, 12. The idea behind the word is that Philemon become more sensitive and wise with the open opportunities to share his faith. Notice the Apostle Paul was praying that Philemon constantly recognize his witness to be the work of Christ through him. This is so important as one is being used by God that we not forget that we are the instrument. He says, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ. This is the simple principle that safeguards every servant of God. That Philemon, first of all, and always understand clearly that he was the mere instrument of Jesus. Real simple, real basic. The word acknowledgement is the word gnosis, to know, but it's in the intensive form with the prefix epi. It means precise and complete and thorough knowledge that you thoroughly understand this and the importance of this. The failure to see this clearly will cause a man to be lifted up in pride and begin to think highly of himself. It doesn't take much, as you know. Second, Philemon was to communicate this clearly to the people he helped. 
Not only do I have to fully understand this, but as I communicate, as I help, whatever I do, that I do it in such a way that it's understood that it's the Lord. You understand? Glory in the Lord. But notice also that Philemon was not to make any exception at all. He declares of every good thing. The word every means all. The word good is agathos. It means that which is useful, excellent, and honorable. Why? Because the only one that can bring that forth is him. It's not of us. We understand this. So we have to be careful that people do not give us the credit. So he identifies the source of all things, which is in you, in Christ Jesus. The man Philemon would be the instrument. The God-man Jesus would be the one responsible for all good things, both lived out and imparted to others. Paul put it this way to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 7. Great illustration. For we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus Christ's sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. It's just a clay pot that he's using. <laughs> and this great treasure that he puts in us to be able to speak forth the gospel, to share with people. Being um, content in what God has called me to be and do. Not feeling any sense of inadequacy or my need to perform or anything else. I just do what God has called me to do one day at a time, and that's it. No burden, no big stress, but just waiting for orders from the Lord. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. Pride has uh, been the downfall of many Christian leaders as well as believers. The Bible says much about pride. Psalm 73, 6 says, Therefore pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Proverbs eleven two. When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 13, 10. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 14, 3. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before the fall. The companion epistle, Colossians 3, 17, says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is what Paul is telling Philemon. 
Now, why is he saying all this? Because he's going to be asking him to give even more in the forgiveness of Onesimus. He's done great, but this is his next assignment from heaven. (laughs) He has to forgive this guy. He has to absorb the cost. He has to welcome him as a brother. The purpose of the prayer regarded the example of Philemon to be more effective witness, a more effective witness as he moved on. Notice thirdly here in verse 7, the personal pleasure over the example of Philemon. The apostle expressed how the benevolent conduct of Philemon had affected them. For we have great joy and consolation in your love. The declaration here is not only of himself, Paul, but of others. He uses the word we. Certainly this includes Timothy, because in the opening of verse 1, he includes Timothy. But others, possibly, that are included at the end of the epistle, verse 23 and 24, it has to include Epaphras, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. They're all hearing this from Epaphras and Onesimus there. And they're just full of joy as they're hearing this. The effect is described by two terms. The first is great joy. The word great means much or many. And the word joy is charis. It's the word for grace. That which results in pleasure and delight. The second is consolation. Periclesis. It means to call or come alongside with the idea of comfort. So they were just exhilarated and they were comforted. Agape love is what he is exemplifying. This is their joy. It identifies God's divine love Philemon was yielding to and imparting to others. Notice the apostle declared the reason for their great joy over Philemon's loving conduct because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brethren. The Christian brethren were benefited. There's a word saints again, hagios. Those who have been set apart by God. Those chosen by God. The benefit was that of assisting them in some of their needs as the apostle paints a clear picture. The word heart means bowels or intestines. The region where all emotions are felt and affect a person. When you're nervous, you're preoccupied, you're worried about something, you know, you're thinking up here, but you feel it down here. <laughs> and notice the word refreshed. It means to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. In other words, to give them some rest from their burden. This is what he did. Or a person perhaps, you know, they, 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 they just can't 
meet the rent or they can't do this. And someone comes alongside and says, here you go. <sighs> Rest. Relief. They were burdened down in various ways and Philemon came alongside and by his love, he refreshed them by his loving help. Now we're not told any specific things Philemon did, but Philemon being a wealthy man without doubt provided food for some. He had already opened his house for the church to meet there. Perhaps even some clothing and maybe even some employment for some of them. The focus is that Philemon was a very gracious, kind, and loving instrument of Jesus to the family of God. That's the point. The benevolent Christian agent is identified clearly by you, brother. The personal pronoun here, you, refers to Philemon. The identity of Philemon is also brother, Adolphus, one born of the same womb. He, like those he helped, had been saved by God's grace. They were brothers. He, like those he helped, had been accepted into the family of God through repentance as he. And because of his situation, because of his economic standing, he was able to do for them what they could not do for themselves. John in 3 John verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's nothing better that would delight a father regarding a son or daughter. There's nothing that brings greater joy to me or the pastors to see you come to Christ and just flourish and and to walk in the light and see you get the benefit. What a joy. When someone needs a ride, you give them a ride. When someone's going through some illness, you see that they are taken care of. You help them. You care for them. When someone is in need of food or other material things, you're there. That's what the church is all about. That's where the rubber meets the road. And it's a delight for us. Paul puts it this way, Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There is no person exempt from helping others. All are to do their part according to their ability and God's direction. Listen to James. James tells us that our faith should be evident by our works. Otherwise, our faith is dead. And you can go through that whole passage in chapter 2, 14 to 26, and he goes through the whole argument of faith and works. The author to Hebrews 10.34 says, for you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourself in heaven. 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love 
as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2. The Macedonians, Paul points out. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. They were broke, 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 and they gave to the collection of the poor saints of Jerusalem. Paul objected. Hey, listen, what are you doing? They gave us our spiritual benefit. We can give them some of our material things. <laughs> and he uses them as an example, the Corinthians who had, who had promised some collection a year ago, and they still hadn't gotten it together. <laughs> there is always a danger of people taking advantage. So there are warnings for us in the scriptures. Paul told the Thessalonians, listen to 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 through 15. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Pretty straightforward. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in well-doing. So in other words, you know how to deal with them, but don't get all hard-hearted about it. And if anyone does not obey our words of this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Great instruction. First Timothy 5, 8 through 16. Paul writes to Timothy and gives him some very specific requirements for help. Listen carefully. Verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own house and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Pretty heavy words. Verse 9 and 10. Do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man, well reported for good works, if she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. There are a lot of qualifications to get help. Verse 11 to 13. But refuse the young widows, for when they have become to grow wanton against Christ. They desire to marry, having condemnation, because they have cast off their first faith, and besides, they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossip and busybodies saying things which they ought not. So he says, young ladies, tell them to get married. You don't support them. In First Timothy, verse 16, he says, if any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them, and do not let the church be burdened, that it may relieve those who are really widows. In other words, widows that have no family members. But the people have, the widows that have family members, the responsibility falls on the family members. Pretty clear instruction for help. The personal pleasure over the example of Philemon was for his relief of the saints as a loving witness. What joy. And so... Paul has expressed his appreciation of Philemon, his loving example as a Christian. And so the prayer of thanksgiving regarded the example of Philemon's love and faith as a witness. The purpose of the prayer regarded the example of Philemon to be more effective as a witness. And the personal assurance or pleasure here over the example of Philemon was for his relief of the saints as a loving witness. 
bottom line. It's not just that we do it, it's how do we do it. That's the bottom line. Pastor Xavier Reese, closing today by summarizing the simple truths demonstrated in an effective witness for Christ. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truths message titled Paul's Thankfulness for Philemon are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is simply Paul's Thankfulness for Philemon, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 